Good evening, Mizzou fans. Nearly good morning, not quite, from the Dome at the America Center in St. Louis, where Mizzou moves to 4-0 for the first time in a decade with a 34-27 win over Memphis. I am Gabe DeArmond, sitting up here in the press box. Uh, Dome's somewhere over there. And uh, just got done talking with Eli Drinkwitz, Luther Burden, a couple other Missouri Tigers. And Mizzou's 4-0, and uh, we're going to bring Gerard Hamilton into the show. want to invite you guys to uh, to put up your comments, your questions, anything you got throughout the show. You can uh, you can put them up there. We'll get to them. Alex is running the show behind the scenes. And always want to make sure to give a shout-out to our friends at Yingling, the oldest brewery in America, is our game day partner every single Saturday this season. And a performance worthy of... I don't know, maybe not like a full 12-pack of Yingling, but like three or four, you feel good about it. Um, Gerard, I feel like tonight was what we haven't seen out of Missouri for quite a few years, which it wasn't incredible, but they won without their A game, and they found a way to win a game that they did a lot of things that could have cost them. Sounds like last week's game to me, honestly. Well, at some point, they left a lot of meat on the bone. I mean, it was good, not great. Uh, That third down, they're 3 of 21 their last two games, and they're still putting up over 30 points, um, 500 yards, over 500 yards this week and over 400 yards last week. So, I mean, they're doing well offensively, which is what we've been talking about for a couple years now. Yeah, penalties at bad times can't stay on the field on third down on offense, can't get off the field on third down on defense, but they're 4-0. And and I feel like this entire season, what we have been saying is, okay, this schedule sets up that if you can get by Kansas State, you're looking at 5-0 and with LSU coming to town. They're now one game away from doing that. I, I'm, I might be in the minority here, but I'm not particularly interested in picking nits and like – saying what they almost didn't do because they've done it. They're sitting here one win away against a bad team from being 5-0. and Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could nitpick them. And there's when you – the better you get, the more expectations there are. So you're going to have to nitpick them. I mean, that's just what it feels like it is. But, um, yeah, they're 4-0 because last year they proved when they got in these spots, they could not win the games. And at the end of the day, it's about winning the game. So if you're, we almost did this, we almost did that. We were a play away because that's what last year was. We were two plays away, and I was one of those people saying they should, they could have been eight and four. But I'm saying there's a difference between we were a couple plays away from winning the game versus we we're a couple plays away from probably losing the game, but you're still winning, which is the key. Yeah, I'd rather be eight and four and a couple plays away from six and six than six and six and a couple plays away from there eight and four. Um, I think the important information coming out of this one is health-related. Brett Norfleet has an injury to his rib cartilage. uh, Couldn't play tonight. Drinkwood says it's extremely painful. He didn't really – he didn't give us a timetable, but he didn't sound like a guy that's going to be back next week. Darius Robinson has a calf strain. He's been dealing with it for a while. Drinkwood said last week it gave out in the fourth quarter. Tonight it gave out in the first quarter. It's a week-to-week thing, and he said they have to talk about – you know, maybe shutting him down until he's fully healthy. Drayden Norwood, he said ankle sprain. It looked, I mean, 
If all he got on an, on that play was an ankle sprain, I think they've got to feel pretty lucky about it. Ennis Rakestraw didn't play tonight. I think it's a thigh bruise, somebody said maybe. Um, Shamar McNeil didn't play tonight. I mean, that was that was a beat-up team whose depth is going to be te tested in the next couple weeks. It's good that they got safety depth that they feel comfortable with. Uh, although me personally, having Jalen Carlisle at corner, it's not my cup. That's not my cup of tea. Not ideal. But I mean, he he was. I mean, I only remember him doing it for a couple of plays. He led off a reception the first play, and then the next play, I think he was all right. I mean, I didn't notice him too bad, so I guess like he did what he needed to do. But yeah, they're gonna need some guys. We didn't see Nick Deloach out there. I mean, he could have been right. He could have been somebody they throw out there. But, yeah, we're going to have to see what the depth is uh, going around because they, they've been beat, beat up real bad early on. And if this kind of carries over to SEC play, when they really get physical, it may be a little, you know, suspect. A couple people were asking about Luther Burden and Brady Cook. Uh, Luther Burden, he had a cramp uh, on he that play. And, yeah, yeah I, I've got to say, first time I've ever – the question, Luther, can you walk us through the cramp? And he said, I don't know, man. I just got a cramp. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, so he got a cramp. He, Drinkwood said he got an IV. He came back. I know a lot of people are saying it looked like Brady got hurt on that that run late in the second quarter. It, look, he might have. I don't know. If he did, they're not really telling us about it. We were told that we did not get to talk to him post game because he was getting treatment. Um, it turns out that the actual way treatment is defined is a one-on-one -on -one interview with the St. Louis TV station when nobody else gets to talk to him. So tune into St. Louis tonight uh, TV tonight if you want to hear from Brady Cook because the rest of us didn't get to um, executive decision, I guess, or treatment. Maybe that's what we call one-on-one -on -one interviews for people that don't show up to cover the team every day. I don't know. Uh, moving on. Um, Brady's, Brady's good now, huh? You know what? <laughs> yeah, look at those stats. I mean, he's been balling, and I've called him a game manager, and he's saying I stand on that. I, I don't think one or two games just says, oh, you're not, but he's he's trying to remove that le the, the label like one letter at a time. It feels like, I mean, he's He's been balling, and we call game managers people who are not going to necessarily win you the game. They won't lose you the game. But what he's doing, throwing for over 300 yards in back-to-back -back games, um, obviously no turnovers. He did have one or maybe two where it could have been a, a turnover, but it wasn't. <clears throat> I mean, he's balling out. He's playing big-time football. He's throwing it out. So it's not like he's just being safe and he's getting 300 yards by digging and dunking. He's throwing the ball everywhere. And he's still keeping it safe. And that's just efficient play. Like he's just balling out. There's nothing really to call it. So these last two games, he's not a game manager. He wasn't a game manager these last two games. 13.6 yards an attempt. That ain't game manager stuff, man. And I mean, he has taken shots. There was a there was a time in the second half he threw one deep down the sideline to Makai Miller. And I'm like, Makai, mm -hmm. he's not open on that play. Brady's just saying, here's the ball, go make a play. And I think we talked about this. The way Makai got it, and maybe it was just our angle from the press box, he, the way he tried to catch the ball, it felt kind of weird. Like, I don't know, the way he tried to do it was maybe into his chest type of thing. I thought if maybe he tries to high point it or something. But that was just our angle from where we were. Maybe on the TV it looked a little different. Maybe he had to catch it that way. But, uh, yeah, Brady was, was throwing it. And, and the other thing that I really liked about this was that I, I think I said this earlier this week on our midweek show. I, I thought Brady last week showed the coaching staff that they should believe in him. 
you know, like they, he gave them tangible proof in a game. Look, I can do this. Now let me go do it. Mm-hmm. And they did. I mean, from the very beginning, first, first offensive series, 70, what was it? 76 yard touchdown to Marquise Johnson. Think it went 53 yards in the air. And I mean, Hey, he was open, but that's still, I don't care. He's still 53 yards away, man. That's not an easy throw to make. I, I mean, it, this touch on the ball lately, I mean, the first couple of games were like, eh, he's still underthrowing it. I don't know what's gotten into him. I don't know. Maybe it's because they opened it in the playbook. Because those, I guess those first couple of games when he was underthrowing the ball, that still felt like the offense from last year. So I, I don't know what, what's going on with that. Maybe it was just repetition. Because it didn't feel like all that often last year they asked him to throw the ball deep anyway. So maybe after a couple of reps, he kind of like, okay, I know where they're going to be at. I know how I would like to put touch on it or whatever. But, I mean, he, he's balling. That's all we can say. And he's getting it from a bunch of different guys. Steel Weiss had a 19-yard touchdown tonight. Mookie Cooper had three for somewhere around 60. Made a really nice catch in the fourth car- quarter. Look out. He took a, a little shot to the head and uh, looked okay after that, but I don't think right. he came back. Um, Johnson, we've already talked about, hey, right now he's pretty much exclusively a deep threat, but he'll develop into more than that. And, Luther Burden might not be the best receiver in the SEC, but I sure wouldn't argue against it. Yeah, I mean, 177. I had joked earlier in the pod, like, I said 180, but I was really just joking. I ain't, We knew he, he was going to ball out in front of his you know, home hometown fans, but I couldn't have expected this. It's three straight 100-yard games. I mean, he's four yards away in week one from making that four straight 100-yard games. So – all SEC, uh, he, to me, he's a lock. I, I voted him in my preseason ballot to be all SEC, but at this point, it's which team is he making, first or second? Oh, yeah, he'll he'll definitely be first or second. Um, what about, like, do we start talking about Brady Cook as a potential all-SEC type quarterback? Just thoughts. I was having thoughts mid-game, thoughts. Um, I, we, We've – He's played well versus Kansas State. I was big time, top 15 team. Played well today. I've got to start to see it. We've got to see it in the league they're playing. You can't have all these stats and then when they play, you know, who they're supposed to play, it's not, you know, it's not the same thing. So we will see. Ask me this question around the bye week, which is, what's that, eight? Something like that. And I may have a better answer for you. Yeah, I mean, look, Missouri's going to have to win eight or nine <laughs> games. Brady's going to get serious consideration for that. That's just how that position works. Uh, I want to talk about the third guy that – that. I mean, let's be honest, Dra. At halftime, I said Missouri should throw the ball on every down. You and me were sitting there going, Jamal Roberts and, and Tavoris Jones can't even get on the field. And then Nate Pete and Cody Schrader took over the second half, especially Cody Schrader. I mean, he had the fumble early. He wasn't getting much done. But he closed that game out with a 37-yard touchdown run, then a couple of first downs on that that game-ending drive. Uh, Missouri got the ball with 5:22 left and just bled it out. I mean, look, those guys deserve credit, man. And uh, hey, just a reminder: the game's 60 minutes and not 30. Right. So if you go back from the start of last week's game through the first half, well, like the first those six quarters, terrible. Then they explode. I mean, Cody. It was Cody who had like a 35-yard run last week. Mm-hmm. To, on a two-play drive that ended up being a touchdown. Then he has another 35, 30, I forgot, how many yards was that last run? 37? 
30 some 37 yard touchdown. Yeah, well, yeah, I think last week was 37 also. So back to back games with a you know a 37 yard rush this time for a touchdown. I mean, something that tells me him being able to fumble the ball and then to keep keep him the ball, they really trust him. This so I feel like if this was last year, because we've seen it with Nate Pete. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I guess technically you can say when he fumbled versus Auburn a couple weeks later versus Florida. He had his best rushing game. He had 120 yards, so, like, they gave it back to him. I think if Cody fumbles again, I think it was after Pete fumble versus Vandy the second time where it was, like, an issue. But it was cool to kind of see them give the ball back to Schrader. And, you know, those boys, they balled out in the second half and showed, like, you know, they just had to uh, – what did they say? They had to weigh Memphis down or whatever. Kind of Yeah, had to kind of wear them down and lean on them. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, so – I honestly didn't think we'd be here four weeks into the season going, hey, look how good Missouri is on offense. Um, but here we are. So what's the concern level about defense? Well, first it starts with injuries. Obviously, we talk about Robinson, talk That's about Norwood, we talk about Ray Straw. So depending on where that is uh, – I can't give you a grade now, but that's that's a concern. Something I, I kept telling you throughout the game, especially in the first half, Johnny Walker, really good player. I like him in the stuff in the run. I like him definitely as a pass rusher. Stop dropping this man in coverage. There was three players where I was just like, why is he out there? There's the first first quarter. He was in the flat, had a one-on-one basically versus the running back in the flat, and he didn't use the sideline to kind of help him. It was like third and medium, third and long. It was just him. He could have got it. I seen him drop into like a cloud flat and try to cover a real route. Not a good idea. Then he had a pat uh, pass interference on the first drive of the third quarter when he didn't need to. The ball was overthrown or not really thrown to that receiver. He didn't need to do that. So make him do what a defensive lineman does, and he's playing really well. If he doesn't do that, it's kind of a problem. Uh, but most overall, they just need to worry about the health. I think – They've got two issues on defense. I'm going to start with the one that we noticed and then finish with the one that Eli Drinkwitz pointed out. Their first problem on defense, they just missed too many damn tackles. Oh, I yeah. mean, how, how many of those third downs don't get converted if they if the first guy there makes the hit? I mean, Realist George was living in the backfield in the first half. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joseph, I, I, and, like, I don't even want to single out a guy because everybody missed tackles at some point. I mean – there, there were there was one play that Memphis had no gain, and Missouri still managed to miss two tackles on them. Yeah, missed two tackles, and like, nah, it just wasn't good. And something I, is the is the next thing you're about to talk about fourth down defense. It's related to that because it's what Drinkwitz brought up. Drinkwitz was asked about third and fourth down defense, and he said honestly, it's man to man coverage. And he said, I don't know why we're just dropping guys in man to man coverage. We can't do it. We've got to get it figured out because it's an issue. I mean, it's just it. They're in man to man, and they're just I I don't know either letting guys go or getting. And look, sometimes the other team makes the play, but why are you even playing man to man on third and eighteen? I don't know that, that yeah that third down defense they've third down on both sides of the ball is actually a problem so like I said including last week they're three of 21 from last week's game and this week's game offensively on third down then coming into this game they were seven they allowed 17 of 35 third down uh for opposing offenses 
and weeks two and three. They were seven or 18 tonight, so that's about 38%, which is better, but seven. And then you add in the fourth down conversions, which were they were three or four. Three for four. And one of them was a touchdown. Like, they've got to finish, and they've got to be better in the red zone. I think they were three and three. Yeah, they were three and three in the red zone uh, in Memphis was. And so, so yeah, seven of 18 on third down isn't bad, but when you add in three or four on fourth down, they were basically 10 for 18 on third down. I mean, if you, if you, if, cause they ended up converting three of those. Um, and now look, you also have to give some credit. A couple of those throws were against pretty good coverage and were just really nice throws, mm-hmm. but a couple of them were pretty wide open too. Yeah. Uh, some of, some of them is, some of them, there was the third down. I can't want to say in the first half where they kind of like showed blitz and then I think they only rushed three or four. But I don't know. Like it was just a bad zone. I don't know. Their zone, some of their zones weren't that great. And then obviously, man, they're getting kind of eaten up there. Now, I wonder how much of that has to do with not having D Rob on the field, not having Ennis on the field, and, you know, kind of moving people around, how much of that plays into it. But Still, even when they were out there playing last week and the week before, it wasn't going great. So, well, and and like Drinkwood said, and I, I think he's actually in a. I think he really likes the spot he's in with this team right now because they're four and zero. But he gets to go in tomorrow and go look at all this stuff you guys are doing wrong, and that's the best place to be, right? Unbeaten, but with a lot of things to fix. But he said, "Hey, we're going up against a really good passing offense next week, and that hasn't exactly been our forte so far." All right, yeah, they'll Will Shepard, Luther Burden is in that that top SEC wide receivers discussion. So is Will Shepard, and he said they have another guy. I, so I is Jaden McGowan. Uh, I forget his first name, but McGowan is his last name. Jaden, I think something. Yeah, I know. Jaden uh, yeah, Jordan, yeah. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they've got a good, a pretty good passing uh, attack in Bandy, so they'll have to figure all the man to man zone stuff. The third down, they got to they got to clean all of that up. Yeah, and, and and I think like look, I haven't I haven't got, read a ton of reaction yet. We've been busy since the game ended. I would think the reaction is largely, yeah, could have been easier, but it has been ten years since this program has been four and zero. I I just think that kind of overrides everything else. Like I like I'm I'm not I, I'm not really in a mood to complain about much when they're sitting here four and zero. I don't know why. Why should you be? It's been like you said, ten years of already doing that. Yeah, and I did like. I did like. We we did get a brief glimpse of Petty Drinkwitz tonight, but it was well deserved, right? Somebody asked him about the opening onside kick, and he said, "Well, everybody thinks I'm not aggressive, so I just had to show you I'm aggressive." It was, and then that that thing was beautiful. First of all, it was so well executed. Like it's like us because I did. When it was live, I thought I think somebody was was out in front of the kicker. I think somebody was offsides. But then my second thought was, oh my god, I think Mevis almost missed the ball, but he did that so well. Like it's a shame that that didn't count. Well, if you look, I'm pretty sure it says the penalty is on Mevis, though. No, the oh. penalty was on Tyler Hibbler. Oh, right, right. Oh, I think maybe. I mean, the kicker good. can't be offside. He's got. He will. Well, I, were, I was reading something that said Harrison Mevis. I don't think I read it all the way through. But okay. Um, yeah, it was that that one side kick was so good. It faked it faked me out because I was thinking, where's the? I was looking in the end zone. Where's the ball at? Nah, he, he got me, but 
he was now Drake was kind of disappointed. Like we practiced this all week and y'all <laughs> blow it. But it, it, so two things about that. First of all, I think it's a shame that you can't advance an onside kick that you recover because I want to see Harrison Mevis running with the football. Like that would have been fun to watch. I'm I'm here for all of like I hope they put him back to return a kick or something. It's like well, I want to see it. But the other thing is, like, I, I do think it was instructive about this team. Okay, you got this huge momentum play, and it gets taken away from you. And I last year, I feel like they might have melted. This year, they actually came back. They got a stop on defense, and they went up top for a 76-yard touchdown. I, I think that says something. Yeah, and it was another two-play drive. Remember last week, they had six scoring drives, and – um, all of them were in three minutes and four seconds or less. I'm looking right now. They had just one drive. No, they had just one drive that was over four minutes. Um, and it was and, and the last one, wasn't it? No, no, no. It was um, second quarter, middle of the second quarter. Uh, it took five minutes and 14 seconds. The next highest one was 353. So when they're scoring, they're striking really fast. They're not taking up much clock. They're going straight forward. And that's what happens when you got the explosive plays downfield, spreading the ball out. Like you're not going to be taking up the whole clock. In a way, that works for them. If they're eating too much of the clock, it's something's kind of going wrong, it feels like sometimes. I love the ideas I'm seeing in the comments of Harrison Mevis as Missouri's goal back. I'm, I'm there. That's you know what? Here's what, here's what I could, we need a wildcat. I need Realist, I need Harrison, I need Big Show or Logan Riker. Let's get all of them in there. I, I don't know what you can do with that, but let's do that. A couple of guys that, that got pointed out, uh, multiple people uh, praised Jordan Harris after the game, freshman tight end that, that played a lot with Norfleet out tonight. I mean, didn't catch a ball, didn't have any stats, but like Drinkwitz and Cody Schrader both said that he was a big part of their offensive success tonight. I mean, that, I mean that's that's how he's going to get on the field. That's what we've been saying all summer. If for freshman tight ends and stuff like that, you're not going to get on the field because they just think you're an elite passer. I feel like Norfleet would still probably get on the field if he's a good catcher, but I don't think he would get maybe even as many reps. I know he only had like 19 snaps last week. I don't know if he gets that many if he can't block. That just seems like their MO when it comes to tight ends. You have to be able to block. So for Jordan to kind of be able to do that, and they kind of noticed it. That's big for the tight end room. That's big for him. And then uh, Luke Bauer has apparently won the punting competition over Riley Williams. And I, I, I don't know what his numbers were tonight, but he had a couple really big ones. Uh, he ended up four punts, 44.8 yard average, three of them inside the 20. Uh, nobody's going to complain about that. Yeah, the three inside the 20 is the key because I feel oh, like. No, wait, hang on. Hang on, that's actually Memphis's punter who was named R. Bauer, and because the logos are still oh. messed up on stat broadcast, Luke Bauer had three punts for an average of 47 and one inside the 20, so actually a better average, but pretty good night, I thought, for Bauer. Yeah, and if I think if you go back and you look back at uh, K-State, the K-State game, Riley had maybe around 44, 45 yards as his average, but he's getting a lot of his average off bounces. Luke is really punting that thing in the air, and it's going, you know, as far as so he's playing well. The thing for him, I feel like it's going to come up. It's just because it was the thing of the offseason. It's just being consistent. We have games like this he can put together because he looked good in camp, but every time we would ask, Strick would be like, it's the battle of consistency with these two. They've got to be able to do it every day. 
Yeah, a couple guys uh, I saw brought up in the comments something that I think I think and I'm writing about this a little bit. I think we undersell that this game came after such a huge emotional win over Kansas State. Like I get that it's a perfect in a perfect world it's a video game and you just get up for every game cuz you only have 12 of them and you play your best every week, but that's not reality in college football. This team came off a game that it poured a full year into, and it ended in this huge emotional release on a 61-yard field goal. Like, it's tough to come back out and play at peak level again the next week. And Missouri wasn't at peak level, but it was good enough to win. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just think about the defense. Um, If they're trading third downs, giving up third and fourth downs for the getting takeaways – I mean, you would like for the third and fourth down to have to drop, but they're starting to get takeaways and stuff like that. That helps out. I mean, a seven-point game, and I can't remember if they scored off of that or not, but it helps. One less possession for, for Memphis. Yeah, and 4-0, and look, they I mean, they can't just roll their helmets out and beat Vandy. They're not good enough to do that. But if they play a representative game, they should be 5-0, and all you got to do from that point is go, you don't even have to win half your games to get an eight-win season. And and I think today's maybe a little bit of a reminder that let's not talk about 10 wins. Let's not talk about winning the East quite yet. Let's talk about taking that step to win eight, maybe nine. And then, hey, if you get there and you can get more, that's great. But l- let's talk about taking that step first. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you there. Have we seen yeah. someone? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Peter says, have we seen Mizzou's peak level? No. There are so many mistakes that they have to clean up that you like 0 of 8 on third down but scoring 34 points, unheard of. I've never heard of that. That's kind of crazy to do. So when they start doing better on third down and they can kind of fix some of that up, then on defense when they're not giving up a million third downs and not giving up every fourth down conversion this season it feels like, then you'll start seeing peak. But this is good to be in this spot, kind of like you said earlier. It's better to be 4-0 and say, this is what we need to work on than the other way around. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen peak level on offense for stretches. We've seen peak level on defense for stretches. We haven't seen either of them at peak level for a game, and we haven't seen both of them at peak level in the same game. So they've got they've got some more uh, – they can do more than they've done yeah. so far. Um but they've done enough. I, I use this line at least I, like I use this line all the time, but, but it, it's uh, from maybe the greatest sports movie ever made. Remember the Titans when, uh, when Julius says at halftime, he says, he says, coach, I, I ain't perfect. Ain't nobody here. Perfect. But this team is perfect. Missouri's four and oh, man. that's, I, I, I mean, it's not a perfect team, but the record's perfect. So that's all they, that, that, that really, it, it, it irons out a lot of issues. Nick is asking me, are you kidding me? I have no idea what I might be kidding about. I, I don't know what uh, what that refers. I feel like I've been relatively serious since I got on here. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe in like your analogy. It, it's possible. He Maybe he just doesn't like me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was about saying, remember, the Titans might be the best sports movie ever made. I don't know. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, uh, so it, it, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna um, stay on here all night talking about a game that, frankly, was just kind of it was fine. 
they won move on to the next one um but uh we don't want to be in the dome at 2 a.m but just gerard give them give them an idea kind of what you're writing i'll i'll kind of give them a sneak peek at my column and and we'll get going i can see it in his eyes gerard picking bandy man can i can i get to my hotel first and start writing about this story before we start doing these predictions man i don't even know what bandy looking like for real so let let me give me some time on that but Tonight, it's just the offense is clicking. The offense is clicking, and they're bad on third down. I like. I don't feel like that can be underestimated because that was something that Drink said last year that kind of had some problems with. So they need to click on that. And then Luther Burden is a monster, and Brady Cook is playing out of his mind. So yeah. it's more offense stories. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm basically writing mostly what I've said here, which is, hey, they won. That's that's good enough for right now. Uh, OK, let's wrap up with this. Mike asks how many wins to shave the beard. I want to be clear. This isn't like a playoff beard. I here's when I shave my beard. When my wife looks at me and says, it's time. That's it. <laughs> that's when I'll shave. If she doesn't say that, if she likes the beard. Then we're good. I'm just going to keep going. Um, and who knows, man? I might look like I'm on Duck Dynasty by a season opener next year. We'll, Gabe we'll the Viking. Let's get you a Viking look. Uh, I mean, first of all, I want to be clear. I may not come back from Europe. Like, I may just stay there. But if I do come back, like, I'm not going to shave while I'm over there. I promise you that. I didn't even pack my clippers, so I can't. Uh, so, wait, so if you stay, does that mean, like, I absorb your check now? <laughs> No, I mean, it, it, it means you absorb my work, not my check. That's how. That oh. <laughs> so, anyway, well, uh, all right. Gerard's going to get to 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 write, and I'm going to uh, get this turned into a podcast. I'll get that posted before I leave the dorm, but then we're going to get back to our hotel and and we'll wrap this one up for you guys on the site. We'll have plenty of stuff tomorrow morning. Uh, grades snap counts all of that appreciate everybody hanging out with us here late on a saturday night appreciate alex running the show behind the scenes uh, i want to ask you guys to hit the like button hit subscribe and just as important i want to ask you to support the people that support us for this show that is our friends at yingling america's oldest brewery has uh jumped in and become our game day partner today i actually had a chance to uh hang out and uh meet a few of the you the fine people at yingling at a tailgate outside the dome earlier today uh appreciate everything they have done for us in making this uh possible to bring you guys uh expanded coverage every single week uh there will be no post game show next week gerard is going to be running solo at uh at vanderbilt so to ask him to do a solo post game show and then do all of the work of two people after the game seems unfair uh because we've already established i'm not sending in my check for next week so uh, <laughs> so no no post game show next week but we will be back uh after lsu will be the next time we are here and uh, appreciate all you guys for joining uh joining us here tonight like subscribe do all those things missouri 4-0 for the first time in a decade go celebrate with the yingling thanks for joining